This is Of Barley and Hawks. Welcome to the second episode of Barley and Hops, a Maine Beer Geeks podcast, where today we're going to be talking about what we call our Mount Rushmores of beer. Um, That doesn't mean that they're what we think are the best right now. It's kind of what got us into what we're doing today, Uh, the going out and going to the tap rooms, tasting things, and, you know, it's what started us along our trip. Um, So we'll uh, start off, and um, Kevin, why don't you say what was one of yours? Well, and, and I think first of all, your point about the fact that—I well, mean, we called it our Mount Rushmore of beers—is a, is a nice title for the article and everything. But it, 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 the point you made about it's really what got us started. It's—it's it's not necessarily our top four beers of all time that we've ever had in Maine, and because even today, some of the beers that we're having and tasting now may take the place of some of these but it was really what got us got us into the industry and really got us going and excited about craft beer in Maine um, and I think the first one for me that comes to mind and is, is typical of my go-to beer is is Gritty's Best Bitter it's just a just a good solid beer uh, it's it's enjoyable it's easy to drink it's easy to pair with multiple uh, types of food whether I'm having a chicken Caesar salad or uh, a burger uh, it just it always pairs nicely with that and uh, um, I still go to it uh, to this day it's it's just it's just always getting it's like it's it's like that that comfort food that 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 couch that you go to when you when you watch TV or something your favorite spot to sit uh, it's just it's always there for me and and I know what I'm gonna get when I when I go and order one Exactly. It was nice being able to try that there when we did the brew tour yep. up in yep. Lewiston, you know, to go back and go, yep. you know, geez, I haven't had this in a while. And <laughs> how good this really is. Right, right. You know, right. And it it is one of my favorites, but it didn't quite make my list. Yep, yep. Um, and that's what's great about our list anyway. They're all so different. They are. And, uh, you know, for me, my all, it is my all-time favorite. And mine is the Katahdin Red, yep. uh, which is no longer made. Right. Um, but I am... Happy to see that the gentleman who did make that is getting back into the business. Yeah, because I and, and and I hope. I mean, you've talked so much about that that it, it's it's one of those unicorn beers for me. Yeah, it's it's that that you know, can I ever have the opportunity to to try it and taste it? Because I really want to know why it was that way for you and why you you appreciate it. Because whenever we talk about beers that that are uh, ones that we uh, remember fondly or always aspire to, to compare new beers against. Uh, you always mention that one. And it, it, for me, I, I never had the privilege of having it, so I'm always curious as to whether it's going to resurface at all. Yeah, well, I, you know, when we ran into the brewer at um, the last uh, winter session and you had mentioned to him how much you liked that beer, you know, he was actually pretty... Uh, taken back by that and and also mentioned that that was one of his favorite beers yeah it's it's a uh, it's such my holy grail that it's one of the i've collected pint glasses since the very beginning 
and it's the one pint glass I never had until uh, last Saturday when I took it from my in-laws. So I finally have it in my collection. And uh, so, yeah, I'm happy to have that glass in my collection finally. You've been talking about that for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so what's yours, Rich? I know yours. you're a little different. You're, even though you might be the uh, oldest out of the group, you seem to be like the newest into the kind of the craft beer scene with us. It, well, yeah, I, I kind of took a different tact than you two, but I, I, I'll be honest, uh, after writing the blog, um, I've actually made, I've had time to reflect, so I actually made a change to, um, you know, to one of my beers, and, um, you know, I guess the way is, you know, what Kevin said is that it's going to be ever-evolving, and I think I wrote that a couple times. So I went backwards and actually added a beer to my list. Uh, I replaced one with Allagash White because that is the very first craft beer that got me thinking, hey, there's more to the Rolling Rocks and the the Coors Lights and, and whatnot. Um, and that was my first favorite beer. In fact, even to this day, when I'm out to dinner someplace, you know, uh, I'm in a restaurant that has mostly domestic beers and they might have one or two craft selections. Seems like they always have Allagash White, and that's my go-to. In fact, uh, a couple weekends ago, I stopped by there specifically to try it again, and it made me realize that that is uh, not only one of my favorite beers, but it truly was the very first craft beer that I enjoyed. And, you know, from there, it kind of took me to the, you know, the Harpoon UFO White kind of beer, uh, and then, you know, uh, brought me to the wow moments that I've had, uh, with some of the main craft beer that are on my list, actually. What, what, but what part of Maine is, is Harpoon brewed in? I forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed that. Uh, I'm a native Vermonter, Kevin. Oh, that's right. So. <laughs> from, from, from away. Well, honestly, it was the, it was the haze. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, Daylene and I took a tour this winter and you know when when uh rob todd first brought that beer out a lot of places didn't want to serve it because it was a hazy uh and you know as pj sometimes is known to say you know maybe might have been regarded as an unfinished beer he literally had to go out and actually buy the beer himself to give it away at the restaurants that were serving it uh and, and look where he is today so, for me, um, I also liked uh, uh, Bluefin Stout by Gritties. It's because I was drinking um, Guinness Black at the Fly. time, and I wanted to find something that Black was... Blackfly Stout. Blackfly. What did I, yeah. Uh, what the hell did I say? You said Bluefin. Bluefin. Yeah, you know. Bluefin, Blackfin, Blackfly. It was... Uh, I was drinking Geary's uh, Gritty... God darn, I can't think today. It's the same way as the library. Um, I was drinking Guinness, and I wanted to find something that was local, uh, that would be just as good as that. And that's the one that you know said, "Hey, welcome to the dark side." You know, it's uh, I don't have to drink just ales and lagers and things like that. So it was. I loved the uh, the stouts. I still do to this day. I like porters, and so. That was uh, good for me. Uh, what did you think of it when we tried it? 
you know, actually, I was a, a big fan of it. Uh, and I hate to admit this, but I never really gave Gritty its due. You know, when I tried uh, both the Black Fly Stout and the, you know, one of Kevin's beers, the uh, Best Bitter, I'm a fan. I've got to admit that, you know, and that's why I'm saying that, you know, maybe sometimes to go forward, you got to go backwards. Okay, so the second beer on my uh, Mount Rushmore list is uh, Baby Genius by Bissell Brothers. Um, quite frankly, it's the very first wow moment I ever had with craft beer. I remember it like it was yesterday, uh, meeting up with some friends at um, the Thirsty Pig in Portland and having them slide over a glass when I first got there. And I took one sip and went, wow, what is this beer? And uh, from that moment on, I have actually been hooked uh, literally to the point where I keep track of it through the summer. And I always make sure that in October when they have their last can release that I pick up a couple cases to uh, get me through the winter months. I always say, what is this too? But it's not for the same reason that you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, and it, it's funny you say that about something as new as baby genius and i say new because i know it's been around for a a little while now um but in the overall history of things in in main craft beer it is it is still relatively new and when i look at our mount rushmore's and look at mine and and pj's we tended more toward the the old school things and i think that's really what what I keep going back to. It's like you said, you know, you take one step back to kind of remember where we came from and where this started. And and you, if you look at my list, the, the first three beers on there really are kind of like that. And they really are uh, a, a, an homage to uh, the kind of the founders of, of the main craft brewer industry. You know, when I look at my list and I see Gritties and, and Shipyard and, and Geary's and to this day, you know, and I'm going to skip ahead here, you know, Geary's is kind of number three on my list and they're not ranked in any particular order, but I always look for, for Geary's Summer Ale, uh, just the same way even, you know, to a lesser degree uh, as far as a Mount Rushmore classification, Geary's Vacation Land, because, uh, hey, I'm a big spring, summer, early fall guy because it ties directly into baseball season. <laughs> you know, and, and, it's that that whole vibe, that baseball season, that resurgence, and and remembering what got me started in all this. I kind of like that actually, but you know, uh, just to go backwards just a second, um, you know, while looking at your list and PJ's list, uh, you know, mad props and respect for that. For me, I'm I want to start going backwards to see what you guys are talking about. Um, when I thought about my list, it was more about the experiences, you know, and the things that uh, really made me become passionate about craft beer. You know, uh, with respect to Baby Genius, for example, you know, I also have a great memory of uh, when Bissell was on Industrial Way and I happened to stop by there during the middle of the week and I was the only one in the tasting room because that tasting room was really small. Uh, and, and I went in, it was, uh, late October. I asked about baby genius and, you know, the, the first response was, well, 
you know, we our last can release was a couple weeks ago, blah, blah, blah. We started talking about it, you know, and I mentioned how passionate I was about that particular beer. So um, the guy behind the counter uh, said, hold on one second. He goes out back. He comes back out with two cans of Baby Genius, and he says, these are the last two cans in existence. Wow. And he just slid them over, and I said, wow, I, how much do I owe for these? And he's like, don't worry about it. You know, and so it's it's memories like that, that that really tie me to that particular beer. And it's funny you say that about about um, that experience at, at, at Bissell on Industrial Way, because even... Even when we go out today, we start talking to people about the beers that they're producing now, some of which probably will end up on my revised Mount Rushmore someday. The idea that they're so willing to share with you what they're doing and the fact that they will go out back and grab the last bottle or the last can because they understand what it means to you as a paying customer and a fan of craft beer to continue to support that. I mean, I had that experience when we did our uh, Christmas Eve uh, flight over at uh, Main Beer Company. We were talking and raving about how much we like dinner that one of the the uh, people there went out and back and got me the what was bottle. the last bottle of dinner at the time. And it just it's those kinds of things that, that the people in this industry continue to do, which will always create a loyal following and build that, um, that, 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 that appreciation for the, the hard work and the effort that they put into whenever they brew their beer. So to, I guess, go for my next beer, it would be, again, mine is also a Geary's, but it's Geary's Pale. It's the, it's the original. And why is it the original? Because it is. It's, it's yep. the first one. It's, right. It is. It's the one that started the craft beer industry in the state of Maine. It's the one that started the craft beer industry east of the Mississippi. So, you know, it's, it kind of has to be there for me just because yep. of that, you know, and yep. I do like sense. it, you know, and, you know, I hope after the sale, they just can keep going. And I kind of like the rebranding they're doing in a way. Yeah, I like some yeah. of the new labels. They're coming out with some, some It looks a little bit like Narragansett things. beer. Right, but, you know, right, I mean, right. It's, 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 right. It's got a but, you know, it's a refresh, though. It is. Yeah. And, and it, it, it deserves to be there. And I can see why you put it there. And, and I had, you know, I put Geary Summer on my list instead of the Pale. And I went back and forth about the two. And, and again, I go back to the reason I chose summer is because it always signals the start of that season, whether it's baseball or just warmer weather and sitting on my dock and, and thinking about, you know, what it means to be in Maine and, and, and be a part of all that. But I, I, I yeah, that I agree with you. It, it, it deserves to be on a list for sure. You know, so going back to what I said a little bit earlier, I really do want to go backwards and, and try some of these beers uh, that you guys have on your list. In fact, PJ, I was kind of disappointed last night when we went over there and they were just uh, locking up. Yeah. Because I wanted to try a couple of those beers, um, you know, especially knowing the, the history that you've brought up. Um, it's interesting to me. So I, I really want to like these type of beers. Yeah, it's one of the questions I, I kind of want to ask people is, 
why are you closing at seven o'clock on a Friday night? You know, is it, I, I kind of looked it up online after that. Uh, and it says that the hours for the tap rooms are based on municipality. So is it Portland saying that these brewery tap rooms have to close at seven o'clock? But if it is, I don't think it's Portland because, because definitive are, was closing at eight. Places that close right, right. I think a, a lot of it later. probably has to do with the the brewery themselves, and, and and in some ways I can understand that because they all talk about appreciation of their employees and mm-hmm. family, and and that not only are they a family at the brewery, but they understand the importance of these people getting time with their families on a personal level so that they don't want to necessarily keep them out, out until all hours, but they, they want to be, uh, give, they want to give people an opportunity to, to come and try their beer, but they don't want people necessarily kind of just camping out and staying all night long. So yeah, like I, I kind of looked at it not as, Hey, are we going to be open until 10, 12, 11, you know, one in the morning, things like that. But I look at it and I got to think about it. It's like, well, if I work in Bath and yeah. I get out at 530, right, right. I don't get home till seven. Right, right. So I couldn't. You couldn't. You don't have a chance to do it. So it'd right. have to be a Saturday right. or possibly a Sunday. Right. Instead of a Friday right. night. Right. And, but, you know, hey. And I, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the balance that they have, that they they certainly have to strive for is mm-hmm. you know, how late do we stay open and and what hours do we stay open and and God bless them they're they're working Friday Saturday Sunday right. uh, it gives about it guys it gives hasn't me. been all that long uh, since the state actually changed the laws to allow breweries to have tasting rooms you know that's true you never could do that before right and and, and they're not a bar. Nope. You know, it right. is an actual right. tasting room when you right. go and you buy cans and you know, you can sample some of their some of their beers in house. Right. Right. Um and 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 so I, I get that and, and yeah, I sure. Would would I hope that they stayed out longer? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. But but I get it too. And and so you just have to you may have to make the effort. And it's it's part of our job too to say, Hey, you know, if I really want to go try that beer, I gotta get out there when they're open and find that time. So um the guy Geary's really wants us to come back, though. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> and we will. Um, yep. Oh yeah, we definitely will. Because it's it's it it deserves its place uh, as part of uh, as part of all of this. Um, and then you know, as we move through the list and we started to create our 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 beers, I went back and forth over over what my final one was going to be. The first three were really easy. Oh um, yeah, let me jump in here real quick, oh, Kevin, sure. and we'll get yeah. to my third. Okay. Um, so this is actually a beer that you brought up a little bit earlier, the main beer company dinner. <laughs> right, that, right. Uh, you know, to me, that is the example of what a New England style IPA should be. And I know that I think they term this as simply a, a double IPA. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the hot forward, hazy, citrusy, big beer, to me, that is the... One of the two beers in Maine, my fourth one happens to, I think is, you know, one, one A, but, uh, you know, with this beer here, it's a special beer. Um, you know, it's up, up until now, up until they opened their new tasting room, it's been a a very limited release. So, uh, you had to get lucky to actually, to actually get that that beer in hand, but uh, it seems like now it's a little bit more readily available. In fact, last weekend I actually found it at a restaurant, um, and uh, really enjoyed it. 
Well, I, you know, and it, it's it's great that it's that it's out there too. And and I know with their new tasting room, they're they're hoping to have it uh, readily available uh, more often. And um, it's exciting that they do uh, because it, it's a, it's a great beer. I agree with you. It's 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 something that we always look forward to whenever we had the opportunity to to be a part of it. Um, well, you know, on the one hand, it would be great to have that readily available so that you can have it at any time, uh, you know, during the year. But there, there's something about the allure of having to really wait for something, you know, uh, having to work a little bit to get your hands on a certain beer. Right. You know, and to me, this is this is one of those beers. But it, you know, and and we weren't we haven't been talking about that on on the podcast or anything like that. But it, we've had it in the discussion and conversation is that um, some of these places are looking at getting away from what um, what Peter Bissell called in in a talk or presentation that that he gave uh, a line culture, in that they're trying not to put people in a position of having to wait for a special release day and then spend a couple of hours in line hoping to get that release that they don't want people necessarily to to walk away without you know, after waiting for 2 hours without any of that beer at all uh so they're trying to produce a lot more of it and and making it you know even maybe they don't produce as much but they produce it more often well, you know, it's ironic that you say that because, you know, at Peter's Brewery, I actually had the one and only experience of my life of waiting in line for two hours only to have the guy beside in front of me slide out of the way. I move up to the counter. I place an order and they said, sir, I'm sorry, but we're we're out of beer. Yeah. I said, well, great. I'll take this other beer. And they're like, no, what I mean is we're out of cans. Yeah. You know, I end yeah. up buying a gift certificate. Right. So, I can I can understand that point, but you know, they still do uh, list as well as other breweries. They you know they'll have a uh, um, can release schedule, and yeah, there's always a line. Right, and 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 I don't know that they'll ever eliminate it, but I I think that they're trying to do their best to 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 cut down on that experience that you had now fortunately they they know you you you're such a big fan you're going to keep coming back no matter but but imagine that one time person who drives up from new hampshire or massachusetts and has that experience do they come back well the guy from new jersey that we met in line right that one day right exactly right i you know i hope that they would but that may turn them off and and not bring them back to to so get that I, beer. I, I really look forward to uh, doing a, pe- a podcast with Peter later on because I think I'll give him a little bit of grief. If you look <laughs> at their tasting schedule right now, right. next Saturday they open at 10 a.m. and it says surprise beer. Huh. So they're <laughs> they're kind of uh, creating that type of atmosphere. Right, right. Because you know darn well there's going to be 100 plus people waiting in line for whatever the it may be. Right, 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 right. It's going to be their so. version of Zima. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. You never know. Hey, there. Yeah, and that's you know that's what? the great thing about the the breweries. They're always trying something new. You, you know never I know. I love Bissell, so <laughs> yeah, I'd be standing in line for you, their version. You, you of probably Zima. would. You probably <laughs> would. I wouldn't doubt that in the least. Um, 
so as we look down through the list and 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 to go kind of back to what I was uh, talking about before, um, we we in 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 PJ and I tended toward the the traditional beers, uh, and I went back and forth about what my last one was going to be, and I revised the list. The first three were really were really easy. They were they were. Um, no brainers, didn't take a second thought. It was that fourth one that I struggled with and what I was going to put in there. And it, it surprised me a little bit when I decided to choose the one that I did. And that was, um, Sebago's version of the Resilience, um, Butte County, uh, IPA that Sierra Nevada shared as a fundraising recipe for the fires in California. You know, we tried five different ones i think in in one saturday when we were out going yeah. around to a couple of you know uh, to to different places and seeing what they had and then i went back on a on a on a sunday um unfortunately without you guys because i happened to be in the area and i swung in but i was blown away i mean it probably was the one of the best beers that i had ever had from sebago brewing company uh, they produce a lot of good beer, but this one just 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 floored me with what they did with that recipe. It 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 had a little bit of a Sebago f- uh, flair to it, but it felt like it was truly what I think Sierra Nevada intended when with their original recipe from from that beer. It, and I said, "Yep," yeah. I said, "You know, if I'm going to go new school, then then this is the one I'm going to include on my list." So it really was was excellent and. Uh, I happened to have a conversation with with Kai Adams, and I I encouraged him to make that a permanent part of uh, his offerings, and he kind of just smiled and uh, and uh, uh, didn't commit to anything well, as, much, as C- much as I tried. Where it's a Sierra Nevada recipe, uh, there's probably contractual agreements and 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 whatnot. There now, could be. There could. I'm be. disappointing that PJ and I didn't get to share in that experience with you and yeah, no growler was bought or anything like that to share yeah. it with us you know <laughs> i tried but uh the growler was uh pay the price. not at at not offered at their usual uh growler rate let's right. just say right where where it was a uh it was a, know, fundraiser, a fundraiser and i get that and i get pay that. the the pint price you for, did for you each one. yeah yeah still you you could have come home with a yeah, you guys you, 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 you know i i love you guys but you guys weren't worth it so <laughs> sorry did you hear that, PJ? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the story about that resilience always brings me back to a long time ago uh, when the only brew festival was at the Expo and when the new hop company was up in Vermont, uh, Thetford, and they came to Maine saying, hey, brew this beer. And all the breweries in the state, uh, seven at the time, uh, made the same beer and every one of them were different. And that's what we found when we were yeah. tasting resilience. Exactly. That they were all different. Yep. It's, it's all yep. water it is, yep. is the biggest component. Mm-hmm. And it's not that any of them were bad. They were just all different. Yep. Yeah, but think about yep. it, PJ. When we do our home brewing, you and I go way out of our way to go to a certain um, uh, spring. Hidden spring. No one knows where it is. To get a certain Shh. water so that we have the consistency, you know, with what we want. You know, I mean, the water you get in, in say, you know, Bitterford is going to be different than you get in Portland, different than Augusta, you know, different in, you know, some of the rural areas in the state of Maine. So, yeah, that does make a difference. But that's what fascinates me about this industry. And we were talking about it earlier with um, 
the owner over at Definitive or one of the owners over at Definitive in that they can have the same ingredients. You can be given you you could you could set that you, you, those those same ingredients in front of uh, ten different brewers and have them walk away, and all those beers will be different. You, sure, the water is different, but their their take on it, the amount of hops or 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 malt or whatever you know, how they break out that recipe and then put those pieces together is going to be different for all of them, and that's what's exciting about it because. You know, we we talk about uh, Mosaic and and Idaho Seven and and Centennial and Cascade, but it, it it comes down to how much of each of those ingredients that you put into a particular batch of beer that will differentiate the the final taste and flavor of of that beer. And then you let's not even get into dry hopping and all of the other aspects of the the brewing process. Yeah, but that has a big influence over the final outcome of the beer because you know with dry hopping it's the length of time that you're doing the dry hopping or you know we can even go back to the the first step in the boil. Exactly. You know the, exactly. the different length of time of the boil can can have a impact as well. And that's 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 again what makes me uh, 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 a geek for the for this whole industry and this whole process is the, it's, is I'm just fascinated by what they can do with the these the same ingredients and and the things that they that they put together when they're trying to 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 make these beers and then set themselves apart from their next door neighbor. I do want to go back way back to my um, one where I was kept saying the wrong name. I do like Bluefin Stout too by Shipyard. <laughs> it is a good, but, it is a good one. So there is a there was a Bluefin out there. So, um, uh, but for my last beer, it's Shipyard Export. Um, I know in some respects it kind of gets a bad rap uh, because they were the big boy at the time, you know, and you know they did kind of sell out uh, to not not sell out or were bought out by um, a larger company, um, but did buy themselves back. Um, and it was really neat when Rich and I got to go on a tour of Shipyard where they said people were complaining about export ale. And they said it tasted different. Well, they had changed the recipe. And when so when people started saying you know, it doesn't taste it, they went back. And it was neat to go back and try that again. And uh, I had mentioned that to a couple different people, and they were like, yeah, I kind of didn't like it. But since you said that, I'll go back and try it again. And so they like it again, you know. So, you know, that's why I, I choose, I chose the companies that I chose and the beers that I chose is, they're the ones that paved the way for the breweries that are out there today. Oh, absolutely. If yep. if it was I not agree. for Shipyard that's and right. Geary's and Gritties, there wouldn't be Abyssal Brothers or an Audio Wives or uh, Oxbow or Austin Street. They just wouldn't be here. Let, let's face it, guys. We're we're absolutely spoiled here in Maine. You know, we have that rich history, which has led into, um, you know, an industry here in the state where we now have, what is it, 140 plus. And every time you turn around, there's, you know, uh, a mention of another brewery that's going to be opening up. It's it's crazy. There was just one today on Facebook that's another one opening in Gardner. And that's what's, a, that's what's fascinating and exciting about this whole thing is that we have so much to look forward to and... And not only what the the current ones are doing, but all these new ones coming online and, and 
learning from experiences uh, from the shipyards and the Geary's and the kind of the founding fathers of, of the industry here in Maine. And then, and then taking that to the next level and doing their own thing and putting their own spin on it. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. I think we are tremendously lucky and we have a lot to look forward to still. So before I get into my last beer, uh, I just wanted to mention something that both PJ and Kevin have brought up a few times uh, during this podcast in that, you know, what we've talked about today um, aren't necessarily our favorite beers at the moment. You know, these are the influential beers that has really kind of shaped our individual passions for craft beer. Uh, In fact, uh, keep an eye out for our our next blog because I plan on writing just a quick blog and I want to talk about our favorite beers. Now, there's a list that changes, you know, week to week. You know, I just, uh, PJ and I last night. Well, what do you night, mean? Yours changes minute to minute from one brewery <laughs> to the next. But, you know, like, PJ, you and I uh, tried a few beers last night that, you know, I guess wowed me. Um, and then I, so much so I brought Kevin back today to try those beers so he could get a a flavor for it. But, uh, you know, we would love to hear your input. In fact, uh, you know, just to kind of let the cat out of a bag, uh, the next blog is basically going to be our top 10 favorite beers at the moment, you know? Um, so, you know, please go on to mebeergeeks.com or you can even, uh, you know, we'll we'll have something posted on our, our Facebook page, Main Beer Geeks. Uh, we want to hear from you. We'd like to hear what your top 10 beers are. Now, this is going to be really simple. We're going to list 10 beers. We don't have to put in any explanations, uh, no backstory, no description of the beer, just a list. And we really want to hear what your top 10 beers are. Uh, with that said, uh, my last beer on the Mount Rushmore at least as of this time, is uh, Swish by Bissell Brothers. You know, I, that, to me, that's, uh, if dinner's going to be one, Swish is 1A, or you can reverse the two. These are the two beers that, for me personally, because that is the style of beer that I, that I can't get enough of. And these are the two beers that I kind of hold up on a pedestal, and I compare every other you know, Blondale, uh, IPA, double IPA, New England IPA against those two. And, uh, you know, similar to dinner that, that is limited to a certain way, you know, Swish is only around from, uh, basically I think October through April. In fact, their last can release is coming up in a couple of weeks. So if you want to get your, some Swish that's going to take you through the fall, you better do so in a couple of weeks. So, like Rich was saying, he, we'd like to hear from, from you about the top 10. I had put out um, on Facebook and in our last podcast that we'd like to hear from people. And we did hear back uh, from a few different people about what their Mount Rushmores are. Um, the, a lot of the younger people are more along the line of, of Rich's list, um, newer companies, because they haven't been around. Because all us young people are PJ. Well, which is really weird because Rich is the oldest of I know, that's us. what I was saying. And I do young have... Heart. Yeah, and I have a, eh. so there's a couple here, there, uh, a couple of sisters, uh, Barbara and Betsy. Um, they One of them put down that it was uh, 
Sarnak. I know it's not a main beer, but she's from upstate New York. Oh, and Saranac. Yeah, that yep, was yep. Uh, yep. her fixers. I know they're they're kind of big now, time. but mm-hmm. they started small. Mm-hmm. And they also like uh, Sassanoa Brewings. They're out of uh, Westport, I think it is, Island. And right now, they don't. They seem to sell at like the Bath Farmer's Market and things like that. They're not really out in a lot of places yet. She likes their Saison uh, uh, Volume 3, Big Island. Uh, she likes Peaks Brewing Fresh Cut and Black Pug Thai PA. Uh, that's, a, that's kind of a, a cool inclusion. Fairly new brewery and uh, a, a unique beer there. PJ, didn't we also get uh, a response from... Uh, the head brewer down at Falmouth Brewing. We did, and his, and that's Bill. Bill Boguski. Yeah, he put down. Where are you, Bill? He goes. He did. He did put in a couple non-main beers. Um, he put it. He goes. The non-main beers that got me into brewing were DFH, Ninety Minute, and Victory uh, Prima Pills. But the four main beers, he said, would have to be Oxbow FPA, Marshall War- Wharf Cant Dog, Allagash FV13, and Bull Jaggers Marzen. Mm. And again, if you wanted to try that one, you can't because right. Right. Bull Jaggers don't exist is anymore. Right. Uh, very yep. cool list. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then I had one uh, from a client of mine, a nice guy, uh, Jeff. He put down that his were Shipyard Prelude, okay, um, Allagash White, Sheepskit Valley Pemaquid, and Gary's Hamster Special. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, it's a good list. So we, we really appreciate them uh, taking the time to, to get back to us and let us know what theirs are, and we always encourage that, as, as Rich said. Uh, feel free to share with us at any time. And, PJ, what's our email address? It is 3MainBeerGeeks at gmail.com. So whenever you have any thoughts about uh, what you've heard here, what our lists are, comments on our choices, feel free to, to take the time to email us. Post on our Facebook page uh, and let us know what, what your thoughts are. Let, you, let us know what, uh, what influenced you, what got you started in the craft beer industry. And as Rich said, look for our upcoming blog about uh, our, our 10 favorite beers and what we may do uh, with that list as well. So we're getting ready to wrap this up today, folks. But uh, we encourage you to get out there and visit a tasting room or three. And try some of this great craft beer that we're so blessed to be able to, uh, you know, literally drive 10, 15, 20 minutes from home and and hit a number of places. So thanks again for listening to Of Barley and Hops. I'm PJ. I'm Rich. And I'm Kevin. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Of Barley and Hops. And remember, whether you're out enjoying your favorite tap room or just enjoying your favorite craft beer with friends. Always drink responsibly and never drink and drive, as it's better to be a live geek than a dead, cool guy.